determine how much of benzene needed to be applied along with the additional clay liner. And they've now incorporated all that. They compacted it. They put the rock. They put new uh, filter fabric down below the rock. Put the rock back in place. Now there is, a, like we mentioned earlier, there is this other still this little wet spot on the outside of the outside of the lagoon. But based on our, I guess, given our opinion on it, given where it's at in relation to the water level in the lagoon, we do not anticipate that that water is coming from the lagoon. We think it's more or less what we, I guess, what we would call kind of a hangover of, of, the, of the previous leaking that occurred. Um, we really get a good dry spell here, you know, several days if not weeks, um, which obviously doesn't look likely here in the next couple of weeks. But to really determine whether or not that wet spot is moving, if it's going away, exactly what it's doing. But we do not anticipate at this point that that is coming water, any water is coming from the lagoon. Because based on what they've done, with the additional clay bentonite and everything, uh, we anticipate that that should address this issue. Now, having said that, we're going to get the permeability test back from team services sometime yet this week. I was hoping to have it every day before the meeting, but that did not happen. Um, so once we get those back, we'll take a look at those. If everything looks good there, then we'll have them. They first, they need to, to remove some bedding stone that got placed around the, the, the uh, crossover pipes in there that we're going to fix that because there's some water leaking back from the cell 2 and the Lagoon cell 1. But once they remove that bedding pipe and pack or bedding material pipe, clay around those pipes, uh, that will take care of that issue. And after that, we'll bring the Lagoon back, water back up. And because of those test results, to us, it should be zero. There, actually, there shouldn't be any water on that outside of that lagoon like that. But based on the test results, we, we will do it on the road. And then continue to monitor that site. Those E. coli tests should be zero for compared to what's inside the lagoon and the outside the lagoon. The outside results should be zero or near zero. And right now, that's, that wasn't the case on the previous test. But all the rework that's been done, this should, this should address that, that issue. But we won't know for sure until we've had some good drag periods and we've had that water back up for at least a month or two. And so I, as we were talking out on the lagoon site, I wouldn't anticipate this project being, if everything goes to plan, I would not anticipate this project closing out any time before fall. I think just to kind of give it a, a good thorough amount of time to order to determine you know, what, what they've done and whether that's worked or not. We anticipate that it has based on all the sampling results, and we'll know for sure once we get the permeability results. But until it's had some good time to kind of sit there, <coughs> just kind of run its course to make sure that, that it is indeed fixed. Who did the calculation for how much bentonite we used? Did Team, team Services team do service. that? Did you guys, the team engineers? Service. Team Services. Okay. That, that's their area. Okay. Healy's so, not getting, having to pay out of his pocket for this, is he? That I don't know. I assume he is, but I don't know. Why would he have to? Well, it's between him and the bonding company. We're more on the ball in that discussion. All, all we care about is getting this thing fixed. But it certainly wouldn't have been his fault. I mean, no. there, it was nothing to do with him. He's just the one that had to come back in to do the duty. Yeah, he was the subcontractor that did the earthwork. As to far as what he did or didn't do, um, kind of is irrelevant at this point. It's what he needs to do to make it work, get it to, get it to meet specs. But whether, whether he's spending his own money or he's getting it for the bonding company, I don't know. That's not our... But, but the leak out there would not have been Healy's fault in any shape or form. He would he would do it according to the engineer's specs. There's an engineer supervisor out there on site. Yeah, well, it, it basically, his, his work didn't meet specifications, I guess, is the, the, the dangle we would take on him. Because otherwise, if it did, then we wouldn't be sitting here talking about it. 
I don't know that that's true. I think if he had to pay out of his own pocket, we'd be very disappointed. Okay. Well, that doesn't necessarily fall But we always have to deal through you first, right? I mean, yeah, because I mean, like you're the overseer on the project, so Healy should do what you guys told him to do. Well, we don't we don't actually direct anybody to do anything. We say you need to meet the spec. How do you get there? All methods and means. So, in meeting the specs, I mean, you're not cross-checking that he's meeting the specs as it's being done. Based on the test results, yes, we, that's how we cross-check. But like I said, we do not comment on methods and means. How he meet, what he does in out there in order to meet specifications is up to him. We don't comment on that. Because if we do comment on that, then then if something doesn't work, then it comes back as a well you told me to do that. And that's what we typically stay out of that stay out of that realm. It's kinda of like nobody's to blame for this mess. Well, like I said, it gets down to whether what he what he did worked or didn't. Yeah, no, but, but that's why you have the engineer out there on site. You have the engineer out there on site to make sure that it's done the way your company has designed it, right? Is that not right? Well, yeah, we're there to observe what he does, and we start to review the test results. And there again, like for whatever reason, whatever work was done out there didn't didn't keep water from leaking back. So, so as long as a change of order for something. Who, who signs off on that then? Well, this wouldn't be under a change. No, but if there is, is that your supervisor out there that does that? I guess I don't understand the question. Troy? If Troy? No, Troy doesn't sign off on challenges. Okay. Bob or myself would. Okay. So, like for instance, if they were short on clay, who who decides? No, we got to have more clay, and who does? That would be between Ealing and the geotech. They would geotech make a determination that there's not enough clay on site to meet the one the twelve inch thickness is required. And that would have been team services at that time? Correct. And who hires team services? German Hicks did that originally. Or subcontract. Okay. To the front. You know you keep this kind of getting away from that a little bit, but you keep saying we, we get a dry period. We've had a dry period for a long time, you know. But wouldn't it be better if we had two or three inches of rain to get that E. coli stuff out of there and soak, you know, that ground, get it out, of, you know, change? Well, really, we need a dry period in order to see if it dries up. Well, I know that, but still, I think you're going to see that regardless. Uh, potentially. Yeah. Anybody else? We ain't here from here again. Seems that's all we do. Thanks, Tom. Thanks. So make sure that we have our numbers on Scott that we talked about. So get us back to what zero is zero. Sure. Oh yeah. Okay. I mean it's. Thanks, Thank you. So there's an extra expectation. There's no coliform outside the outside the burr. But you should have those numbers Looks by the end of the week, right? On the permeability stuff, yeah. yeah. So like Healy, he'll get paid by somebody to re redo that though, right? I guess I couldn't speak to that. Yeah. Well, the way I take it, it's, it's going to be a discussion between him and the bond company, I'm sure. Yeah. And probably the engineer company will be involved in it somewhat too. So, I mean, that's usually, 
there'll be more things going on than what we know about. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But but Grunman Hicks actually hired Healy, you know, as they did all the subcontractors, so they have some skin in it. Sure. All right. All right, we'll just wait. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Dad. Sure. We have a couple things coming up with Jacobson seat. So before we start, Dave, do you want to tell everybody what you're going to do? Yeah. Do I need to stand at the podium? You can do it. I'm Dave Nelson, president of Jacobson Seed. I mean, a lot of you have heard already that we're playing on a $4 million processing plant. So what it will be is we're going to be bringing in corn, the building, will only be 120 by 50 foot wide, 35 foot tall with a mile of slope, down to 30 foot. So it all drains north to, towards the Indian Creek. Um, it's proprietary what's going on in the inside. There will only be a few people that we can let in there to look, and the mayor and Scott are welcome to come in. A few other people that Not don't know anything them. about seed. Not the rest of the council. <laughs> I don't need. I don't need the competitors to see it. But what we're after is the best quality, first, high efficiency, and high volume. So we're not only doing this for ourselves. We will be doing this. For other companies also. Custom bagging. And you're uh, gonna employ, employ a few more people. Yes, there will be more people coming in. It's gonna be baby steps this first year. I'm really hoping that you know by December they're planning on testing. That's gonna take a couple weeks. You know, hopefully full functionality by January. That we can run run some seed through it. And then by 2022, you know, we're looking at a couple hundred thousand units of corn going through it. Um, this will be a good thing for the community. It only happens from November till probably March. Sounds good. Yeah. It's, this is a huge investment for our company, and I we have the people that can make it happen, but we're going to need to add some really good full-time positions and uh, you know we will have part-time positions available also so it's kind of one of those things where you sit there and I mean how big do you really want to get it I'll probably be back here next year bugging you about a warehouse but it's it's clean it's efficient there's no emissions except for the heat coming out the van. Sounds good. We encourage you to use a lot of electricity. <laughs> well, we will be. <laughs> I hate to be hooked up, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll work on See if they start charging for candy, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> you stay out of there. So that was a good thing, you know, versus the last thing. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, guys. Good job. Thank you went to the various board and the various board has approved it, so we need a resolution 2122 approval. Motion to approve. Second. Roll call. Holder. Yes. Holder. Yes. Reese. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Tom. Yes. Did everybody see the site plan? Rebecca. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. We need a motion to approve that. I'll make it. Second. I'll second. Roll call. Hmm. 
Thank you. Yes. Reese. Yes. Muller. Yes. Don. Yes. Goldman. Yes. Here's what we're looking for, the building permit approval. The motion to do that? Motion to approve. I'll second. Roll call. Muller. Yes. Tom. Yes. Goldman. Yep. Reese. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Thank you very I, much. I think yes. we're we're done with virtually everything, Dave. So get Looking forward to seeing it up in action. Yeah. Well, all you'll see is a white room with green trim, okay. and you won't know what's going on on the inside. Well, you can. I, I'd bring you in. But. I mean, we still will will be working on a development agreement, and that's the uh, incentive side of things. Too. You know, so we've got that uh, ready to go. I've got a uh, Dave review in that, and, and we'll, we'll take a look at that here in the in the near future too. So I need to get you a copy of that, and we can yep. kind of walk through that somehow. Sounds good, Scott. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks, yeah. Thank you. Terrific. Thanks. Thank you. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> There's no smooth goal, I'm happy, <laughs> but it will work. Do you get a good engineer? Yes. Yes, we did hire everybody locally that we could. Yeah. Now the building and everything else is pre-engineered from Butler. They're planning on bringing the building here in June. But Bruce is doing the concrete work, Tease is doing the, the dirt work, and then Al Jacobson with the electrical. And then there will be some millwright stuff that yeah. some local people will do. Yeah, you know, we're rooted in community, just like the ad says. So we buy from the community. Yeah, That's you right. know, if if you're born and raised in a in a community or any small community, you kind of understand how important the local contracting right. is. So hats off to you guys. Thank you. Good job. And these people will get it done right. Yeah, they will. Sure. Okay, we're going to consider the proposal on outlet 20. So we had taken proposals about what we described as outlet 20. So that is the that's the north half of the Raritan Salvage Yard property. That's the part that the uh, the city end up ended up being the owner of after uh, after the cleanup and the auction. Okay, so we had put this out there for for the public, and we have received one. Uh, one proposal about the use of outlot 20 that proposal is in your packet and then I gave you a bigger picture a, a larger printout of of what the proposal is two-sided thing just because uh, you want to at least be able to read read the text on this hopefully you can, uh, you can read this now off of that 11 by 17 copy but with that though we, we have our uh, a couple of, of folks representing the uh, the firm who's given the proposal. Affordable Housing Foundation's name of the firm, but I think we know both of the uh, the people who are going to speak about this real well. So Paul Kramer and and Rodden Cray are uh, are the two folks associated with this, and of course they're uh, they have pretty deep roots in, in Lakeview area too. So um, Paul and Rod, uh, welcome. You just want to walk through your your proposal then for us. Yeah, we, we can certainly do that. And, and Scott, do you want us to do it line by line, or do you want us to get to any of the more 
Mm -hmm. the commanders first. I mean, I can certainly do it line by line. I just don't want to waste anybody's time this evening. Um, I think that doesn't hurt anything if you just walk through it line by line and, and do, the, do the full explanation. Okay, and, and some areas I'll skip over a little bit more, but we can always come back and do questions. Uh, Rodney, if I miss anything, please interject and, and make sure I'm not, uh, you know, not too far off the cuff here. And, and, I, and, and since I'm going to take an extra 20 seconds anyway, I should start by saying hello to Dave. I can only see your feet. I think you're still there. Uh, Dave was my neighbor for a long time growing up right across the alley, so it's, it's good to hear from you what you guys are doing there in Lakeview. Good. Thanks, Paul. It's good so, seeing you. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That being said, uh, let's go ahead and start then with the proposal. Uh, proposed cleanup of the site. And, uh, and one of these is a concern. I mean, to, to start with A, there's, uh, I think, three buildings. I believe one of those is attached to parcel B. Uh, so the two remaining buildings, the smallers, would be on uh, outlet 20, I think, is what we're calling it now. Those would be torn down along with all the fencing. Um, we, we talked about leaving some of that up, but to me, it's it's more of an eyesore than anything, especially with the trees growing up in it. So we want to get rid of all that, all the remaining junk, and a couple of buildings. Uh, if we want to go to, to Part B, uh, a lot of trees there. I'm sure all of you are familiar with a lot. Um, I think Rodney actually even, I don't know if he took an exact count, but we have some photos of it. A lot of trees there, and most of them are going to have to go. Uh, as I say, I, I'd love to keep some, and we will keep those if we can. But if you look at the site plan and the buildings and parking and driveway, the road itself, uh, it's going it's to take a lot of cleanup, uh, and that is somewhat of a significant expense to get rid of those trees. Uh, and then part C, and I'll... It's not necessarily a brownfield site. I've done a little bit of training regarding those sites and with the EPA. Uh, I just labeled that because we know there might be a concern. Uh, and, and we'll get to that a little bit later. But um, our hope is that, that there's no concern. Because when I look at this proposal, and again, we submitted it in good faith, uh, this is truly what we want to do and, and not sway too far from what we have in the proposal here. It really really comes down to this Part C being such an important issue, and, and again, we'll kind of circle back to that. Um, Rodney did get a, an estimate uh, for at least one party on the cleanup of the site. Uh, this does not include any sort of oil issues or whatever we may find. Uh, the, the estimate came in right around $25,000. As you know, sometimes it ends up going back a little bit higher than estimated reporter, of course. And that's why I put 25 to 275 as far as the proposed cost to clean up the site. Uh, could that be done cheaper if we found uh, more local sources and potentially some other bids? Absolutely. And that's just one example of where we potentially rely on the city of Lakeview to help us. Um, the, the cheaper we can get the same thing up, the better bids for both parties as far as we're concerned. Uh, if we skip on to the description of the proposed use of the site, Pretty self-explanatory. We want to put up multi-family rental units. Uh, we had tossed around the idea of some fourplexes. I think we're going to go with duplexes instead, because they are, uh, I think, flat out more attractive, a little easier on the eye, a little more appeasing. Uh, I think they'll also uh, rent quicker. Um, one shares one wall uh, versus potentially two walls with, with their neighbors. So. Um, you know, in the last sentence there, really to attract 
in the Indian all of the above. I mean, obviously, it's, it's open to anyone in the public from anywhere, any age. But we, we are looking to attract families, uh, seniors, uh, elderly, workforce housing. I mean, you name it. it it's going to be open to everyone. And we may even vary the floor plan slightly to attract different uh, persons into that into that site. Uh, again, continue moving on, on description of proposed improvements. Part A, obviously we're going to have to do some, some grading. Uh, nothing too significant. Um, you know, some, some burns here and there, uh, some leveling here and there, maybe doing some things around some of the tree stuffs and such. Uh, probably the biggest concern is going to be the water and, and where we send it to. And that's, uh, again, where we would lean on the, the city for some guidance there. Uh, and, and I think also the group that, uh, I forget the name of it, I've talked with Judy many times about it, that, that oversees the lake, probably going to have some say there also and some inputs. Um, B, I put 12 to 16. That, that's really uh, the range we're looking at, and, and that's going to be decided ultimately by the feasibility study we would do and what underwriting allows. But as you can see from the site plan, the plan is to go with 14 units. That duplexes total with 14 units. C, obviously utilities, D, sidewalks and parking. I mean, none of this stuff is rocket science. Green space where we can do it, new trees, trees where we can do it, appropriate lighting where we need to do it, and, and landscape, not only to beautify the property itself, but also to uh, potentially block out sight and noise concerns, whether it's the highway, whether it's the, the, the city property, whether it's whatever the case may be. Uh, we want the people that live here to want to stay there. So we're going to do everything we can. We're going to do it right off the bat up front, spend the money to do it to make this place a nice place. Yes, it's affordable housing. Yes, that's our mission statement. But I think as you can see from the site plan too, we want it to be nice. I mean, we want it to be as nice as any market property in, in Lakeview or the surrounding communities. Um, estimated cost here and the reason for the wide variance is because I base it on 14, I'm sorry, 12 to 16 units. Um, so if we come in at 14 units, we're going to be basically right in the middle. There are some set costs and fixed costs, whether we do one unit or, or 96 units. Um, but other than that, obviously, the more units, the more expensive. One more duplex, another however many thousands of dollars. So um, these numbers also, just so you guys are are aware and, and we're, we truly want to fully disclose what we're looking at doing. Uh, underwriting may also dictate to us where we can spend, where we can't, uh, what we need to put in, what we can't have. Um, there's, there's not a lot of restrictions there, but again, since it is affordable housing and financing will almost certainly be done through USDA, uh, there are going to be some restrictions and qualifications they place on us. Uh, we move on to the description. And by the way, feel free to interrupt. Uh, and, and hopefully you guys can hear me okay. Um, Scott, I can hear you very well. Most of the others I cannot. So if I'm going over things too quickly or you can't understand, just raise a hand or interrupt. Okay, nope, it's going well. Just, um, description of the proposed structures. Um, again, as I mentioned, the, the seven duplexes in the site plan show the dimensions. Um, 
again, full disclosure, the plans aren't set in stone. Uh, personally, I'd like to see some one and a half stories, potentially even some ranch units in there, especially knowing that we will likely attract uh, seniors as well, or, or people that, uh, whether they are in need of uh, handicap accessible units, uh, and, and there will be some of those uh, included and in, in throughout the site. Uh, so it's not all going to be two-story. Uh, these are units that Occupants uh, Development, our partner, has put up, and they're attractive units and they're spacious. Uh, I, I think even more spacious than we need to go. And and I'll take a moment to talk about this. Bruce Place is any and, and, and again, it, it's kind of common sense, but but we're, we're we have pressures for both sides. We, we want to put up as nice of a unit as possible, but yet we want to do it as economical as possible. We want to and need to collect a certain amount of rent to make the project feasible. Yet we also want to have the rent low enough where it's going to attract people, uh, and especially people in the, in the low to moderate income levels. Um, we have certain debt service ratios we have to hit front writing. We have uh, actually both minimum and maximum, which, which is a little bit curious, but but you'd understand it if you, if you uh, listen to USDA. Um, a lot of, lot of variables going back and forth, and as much as I'd love to say, hey, this is exactly what we're going to do, look at this site plan, this is what's going to be built, sitting there and occupied a year from now, that's not that's not really ever going to be the case. Um, we, again, we want to do as much as we can, and not just because it's big view, really no matter where we're doing, where we're doing this, we want to put up as nice of units as possible. We want to keep the rents as low as possible within guidelines, um, and, and we we need to make the numbers work for underwriting. Again, whether it's rents, expenses, incomes, uh, number of units, location. I mean, the list goes on and on. So, uh, and, and that's maybe a little more information that I need to go into. But but when when you see something different in a slight alteration of the plan or this unit's tweaked, or this building's moved, you know why. It's because we're getting pressure from other outside sources, um, most likely the lender themselves. And, and, and of course, Oculus Development is, is it's really two-way street with Rodney and I and the foundation and Oculus as a partner with the experience and the talent and the financial backing that they bring to the table. They're obviously going to have some input too, and they already have. But in fact, these plans where we might sketch them out and say, hey, this is the layout I want in my super terrible handwriting, they're the ones that put it on paper. I mean, they've got the architect, they've got the engineer, so um, it, it will be a give and take as we go through the process. So just bear with us there. Uh, and, and again, Rodney and I are both on the same page. We want it to be as nice as possible. We want it to be not as expensive as possible, but we want to spend the dollar to make it nice. We just have to make sure it's feasible. Uh, and sorry, because sometimes I ramble on and I actually lose my place. So, uh, uh, proposed structures. Uh, I, I know you asked Scott in, in the proposal wanted to see construction characteristics. We can get a little, we can get a lot more detailed on that. We are still investigating what is going to be most economical, whether it's a two by four, two by six, uh, normal lumber framing. Um, we're looking at structurally insulated panels, SIPs, uh, which just a real quick definition, 
eight inches wide and there's no lumber in there. It's actually more of a cement material, but it has the, the insulation, the supports, and the, in essence, the sheathing, the exterior sheathing, all built in one with uh, already hollowed out for, uh, for the electrical work and such to run through it. So that's certainly an option. And then a third option, we're looking at a company called Herbutech, uh, which is kind of a cross in between, so basically a hybrid. And they all have to be code, um, especially when it comes to uh, getting this type of finance. We have a lot of restrictions placed on us for safety and energy ratings and insulation. And, and we actually have to bring in an energy consultant for each building. So uh, whichever option we go with, it's, it's going to be, uh, again, not only safe and affordable, but they're going to be nice units. Uh, as we progress down the road of uh, making this reality, we'll have much more detailed information. Um, post timeline, and I, and I mentioned this before, and, and it's still our intent, absolutely, is to not only uh, hopefully get the okay and the approval from, from this group and, and, and the city of Lakeview, and all involved, but uh, to move forward quickly through the, uh, the the feasibility market study and such stage, uh, environmental studies if required, and, and through the underwriting process of moving so we can't still break ground this year. Uh, I won't say we've got plenty of time, but there is nothing yet that raises any red flags in my mind that would keep us from doing so. So our, our intent all along has been to do this this project. Matter of fact, now the whole project yet this year, and we're we're still on track. Originally, I had talked about uh, potentially ten units now, and uh, four, six, eight next year, depending on how we picked it up and how the absorption rates were proven out. But it it it's an economy of scale. Uh, it, it's easier for us and less expensive to get everyone there once rather than twice. And as long as the feasibility studies uh, support our data that we submit to underwriting, we're going to do it all in one phase. You know, we, we'd love to go in and, again, uh, whether it's, uh, if 14 is our number, we want to do it all right out of the gate. So one after another until we hit seven and all available for rent uh, the second we get that certificate of occupancy. Um, so, yeah, if... And I'm glad I caught this. If, if USDA underwriting uh, says, hey, we, we've studied the needs of Lakeview and surrounding communities, and yes, we we, we, we know you're, you're saying X amount of units can be rented, and this is the man, and this is the workforce, and these are the seniors, and this is what's going on with Batco, this is what's going on with Jason and Seed, but we only think you can do 12 units. Well, then we take a step back and we decide, okay, do, do we do 12 and look at two or four next year? Do we do 10 and look at four or six next year? Again, there may be uh, a change to our plans. But for now, it's to talk with Oculus and what they want to do and what they think is most economical is to do the 14, seven duplexes right out of the gate. Paul, this um, is Paul. Yes. This is Vicki. Um, so this feasibility study that you're going to do, does the USDA do that? Who does the feasibility? They, they request it, but what it, it has to be done by a, a arm's length a third party. Um, so whether we submit a name of someone that can do it, or they give us a recommendation of someone to do it, 
Um, they require it, we pay for it, the third party doesn't. And in essence, it's really a, a feasibility, market study, final appraisal, all rolled into one. Uh, which is good and bad. It, it gets a little expensive, but it kills the public birds with one stone. So is there um, any doesn't take, is there any possibility is there any possibility that the feasibility study won't support this project in some degree? Yeah, absolutely. There, there's always the possibility. Now, I mean, if you've looked at this long part, and, and, and again, Inoculus as well, they've done projects throughout the whole United States, they wouldn't be getting into this, and they wouldn't be backing this unless they also agreed it was feasible, and that the studies are going to prove out our expectations and, and estimations as far as rents and, and uh, incomes and expenses and, and rent up and demand, et cetera. So, yeah, I mean, Vicky, there's always the possibility, and, and uh I mean, it was years ago, we, we had a project down in Jefferson City that, that made it much, much further than this. I mean, literally $150,000 spent um, in, in engineering and architectural and feasibility studies, the whole nine yards, only to ultimately get denied. Uh, so we there's never a 100% guarantee. I wish I could say there was, but, uh, you know, it's one thing, and not the... Not the knock on the foundation, but we're, we're small. Uh, there's not a, a lot of us there. I mean, you know, sure, Roddy and I love the idea of this project. But again, when Oculus comes in in 40 years behind them and have already this, in essence, their green lights and their thumbs up, that makes us feel really, really confident that this is going to come to fruition, and get built, and, and not. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I'd like to add too that part of the reason we're here is because of the work that the I think was a Sac County that put together the housing study. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, we wouldn't be here without that. We kind of know there's some demand there, and I don't think that uh, we're going to see a lot of disagreement running down the road that that's there. It's just a matter of how many units will they finance, and that's going to be our big thing, if I'm right, Paul. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And and they are they're making a huge push, especially for. I mean, obviously, it's USDA rural finance. Um, they they have so much money they're allotted every year. They never use that amount. It, and, and you guys have probably heard this before, too. Use it or lose it. So USDA is chomping at the bit for us to go out and make projects like this. And I've been in talks with, with underwriting with USDA for uh, probably at least six months, if not longer, um, on, the, on this and other projects. But they... They love the idea of it. Yes, ultimately, it has to go through that senior underwriter that, that checks it yes or no and does that final box. But uh, I, I think it looks super. So, so absolutely, back in mind, no. You, you have to understand, and we do too. It, it, it's never a done deal, it's, it's certainly at this point, but I think we can all be pretty confident. Okay. Uh, okay, where was a timeline? Uh, I might have missed a page. Rodney, where am I on this thing? You're always lost, Paul. <laughs> oh, here we go. Uh, well, Proposed well, purchase price. Yes, okay. Uh, sometimes the most important thing, uh, that's maybe more so dealing with residential real estate, but proposed purchase price for parcel C, we understand it's it's not a significant figure. Um, I, I hope from your guys' end you also understand it's it's an affordable housing foundation, nonprofit that is purchasing the land, and we're not flush with cash, nor can we ever be. Uh, 
mean, matter of fact, many of you were on the, the nonprofit committee, uh, uh, I think, or, or the, the nonprofit <coughs> recently formed. So money that comes in has to go out. So it, it, it is what it is. I, I hope it's enough to instead the city of Lakeview to work with us and allow us to put up this project that's going to cost significantly more than just ten thousand dollars it's just that we need assistance from cities and townships and communities and counties like yourselves to help us get to that point where we can go to usda and say hey we've got the necessary equity give us the financing project works um so it, it, it's enough um we again. Well, I'm anxious to see where this where this shakes out and, and where there's any concern or disagreement with any of these points to bring it forth. But it also brings me to the next point then, because even that being said, and normally prices everything here, I don't feel it's as important because we have one of these these issues over overhanging us. Uh, and that that's not the only thing we're asking for. I understand that we're asking for a, a, a dramatically reduced price because I I agree. The land's worth more than that actually in the, in the right person's hands um, but if, but if we look at the additional comments and, and I think we all talk about and know what this can do for the city of Lakeview it's it's all it's about next year and five years and 15 years and 30 years down the road which by the way we would still be hoping on the property uh, we don't build it get out and we hold on to it in, in perpetuity so um, so, so let's, let's look at a and some of these other things were asked or to make this a reality uh, the, the five-year tax abatement, which which I, I understand is by no means a guarantee. I think it's common uh, in Lakeview, and I think it's something you guys have done with other properties. Uh, we're also asking for a, a continuous abatement for the following five years. Um, our projections, when we submit our, our final package to the USDA, will be for 10 years. And it's obviously quite important to make sure that not only in year one is it feasible, but through year 10 and, and even beyond, but, but really the first 10 years, you can't assume more than a 2% increase in, in incomes and, and, uh, and rents and such. So USDA knows there's going to be increased expenses as the years goes on, whether it's property management or, or taxes. As a matter of fact, we, we're losing an abatement because we're paying more taxes. So we have to make sure that years one through 10, those income numbers and, and debt service coverage is within their parameters. And by the way, I mentioned earlier, it was a minimum and the maximum as a nonprofit and as part of this financing package, we also cannot exceed a certain debt service coverage. So in other words, if we were charging too much for rent and we're making too much money or, or our profits are, are too significant, they actually make us decrease rent. So, in, in most regards, that's really a good thing. We're not going to come in and try to gouge people and, and just absolutely raise the rents to them. The very highest dollar we can get, we have to be within a certain range, and, and they check that every year. Uh, and if we don't fall within that range, there are very serious consequences, including through the IRS. So, um, they keep a pretty close tab on this kind of stuff. Um, to go on to B. Okay, sorry, I thought maybe I heard a question. To go on to B, uh, waiver of the stub in for utilities, gas, electric, water, sewer. To be honest, it's not as important because I don't think it would be a 
significant expense, but every little bit helps, um, especially when it's, it's a matter of hitting a certain equity position. Uh, C, um, we, we haven't talked a lot about this. We know where the sewer line falls. I've, I've seen the markings. I took a picture of it. I don't know how close our site plan is exactly with, with that angle as it runs up towards the old 71, but um, we, we'd like to see the city in West Street, and I know it's been talked about, uh, not the whole way, um, not necessarily uh, the, the cul-de-sac and, and some of the other things we're gonna have to do to make sure it lines up with the driveways and gets into these units, but that can be a also a significant expense that, um, and I hate to say it, it is, as tight as we are, as close as we are being a nonprofit, it does get to a point where we really have to uh, count our pennies. And, and the more support we can get um, from any source, better. And, and the closer we become to making it feasible. Uh, and then, just as an example, USDA might say, uh, hey, we, we think the, the workforce housing demand is there. We see some seniors coming in. Uh, but if you only put 3% down or have 3% equity, it just doesn't work. Versus, oh, sure, you, you did get the lot at a discount. The street is already there. You're going to get a grant from Region 12 Housing Trust Fund. Uh, you're at 83% uh, loan to value. Okay, now that makes all the difference in the world. Even though we can go to 97% because we're a nonprofit, 97% loan to value, that doesn't mean it makes it feasible. I mean, it's no guarantee. So the longer we make the deal look, the, the lower we can keep rents and still stay within that margin of uh, roughly about a 20% margin there as far as the pensions covers, the more likely it is they're going to ultimately approve this, this whole deal. And, and I think that that's what we both want. Um, e and E, we can really skip through because they do not or will not apply. Um, and then F, yeah, again, so so I talked about we, we may have a concern. We all hope it's it's a, a good point. But if, um, oh, I'm sorry, that's actually, yeah, I got ahead of myself. As far as the cleanup, let's back up a minute. So this is more in regards to, to the buildings, the trees. Uh, the kind of cool looking art that's stuck in those trees, which, which Ronnie and I kind of joked about maybe keeping, it's, it's probably not going to happen just because of the layout of the buildings. But uh, the, the fence, um, there's going to be a, a somewhat expensive upfront fee to, to do that cleanup, and we're asking the city to participate in that with us. That's twofold. Uh, one, uh, again, it, it, it keeps dollars in our pocket that can go towards equity and other things, expenses, the environmental phase one study when we get there, the feasibility market appraisal, uh, just to throw out a number, roughly $7,500 for that three-in-one package. Uh, so there's a lot of expenses there, not to mention the application fees and such. So that, that helps us. Uh, and and the, the second part of that, I mentioned it was twofold, is that city may have... Uh, resources in which we can get the cleanup done significantly cheaper, which saves us both money, uh, both, both the nonprofit Oculus and the city also. Uh, and whether it's someone local or whether it's a little bit of volunteerism, whether it's uh, the equipment's provided at, at the discounts, which doesn't have to be brought in from, you know, Carol or 
fact or, or, or lake, whatever the case may be, Spencer even. I, I reached out to a friend who was uh, excavating up in the Spencer area uh, just to see what the where the cost would come in. But uh, again, if it, I think if we continue to work together, uh, we can we can get to the point where we're, we're building these units, getting them full up. And then to go on to G, um, this is this is a tricky one here. Uh, I don't think either side wants to order an environmental study simply due to the cost. Again, I don't think we're going to see the concern there. We're not digging into the ground. We're really just uh, rating what we have and, and and building up from there. Uh, some sort of soil report may be uh, may be the best bet. But, but I also think, unfortunately, that a, a simple groundwater hazard statement that would, would, would be done when, when a deep transfers hands is likely not going to be enough for underwriting. And, and this is really a point where, uh, uh, I, I mean, we can, we can circle back to this, but it, it, this is open for discussion, ideas, input from, from really anyone there. If they have any ideas or if they've seen something like this done before, you know, my thought is if, if someone comes out and, and, and bores some holes and, and gets the samples done and uh, through whatever lab, maybe there's a lab within, within uh, out even, the, the cost is going to be maybe one third, one fourth of what the environmental study would be. <coughs> and, and, and Scott, why don't we circle back to here in just a couple of minutes because really the rest of it is I look through it and, and I can cover questions about our, our team. Uh, the experience collectively, there's really going to be probably seven or eight main people involved between the foundation and Oculus, and, and we all play our roles. But uh, the experience is there, the, the, the proof of past projects is there. Um, we can talk about that and, and, uh, and make, uh, make everyone feel pretty comfortable that uh, once we get going, if this is proven to be feasible, it's going to be built in, in just the way you guys would want to see it built. Um, and then, of course, really the, the proposal ends up with the certifications uh, as far as the property being as is, uh, with, with, with the exception of this, this some sort of study or soil that's done, uh, the certification that we're, we're submitting this in good faith and, and we truly intend to do what we're saying and we're not going to come in and just put up something that's so far away from what our original proposal was that you guys are all just flabbergasted and, and think we're crazy. I mean, that's um, that, that's something we wouldn't do anywhere, much less Lakeview. And, and I know that's maybe a leap of faith on your part to, to trust us at that point. But um, but but I, I think that's why you asked for that in the proposal. So it's there and signed and writing and dated and, and uh, make you feel a little more comfortable about that. So that being said, and you know, Rodney, Scott, anyone there? collectively as, as part of the council or committee, uh, I'd be open to really any suggestions to, I think, uh, not only anticipate, but be prepared for and overcome any future hurdle when it comes to the ground itself that, that I know is going to be, that issue is going to be raised at some point. Um, sure, I guess. And if we, if we leave it the way it is in U.S. today, if we, if we go to them with nothing, then it's going to be the environmental stuff. Uh, I, I think we need to address it now rather than later. Sure. So we've had just just a little bit of discussion on this. It, 
as far as any environmental work, Dave, any any guidance for us on, on what that might be? Well, I think uh, we just do phase one is what I'm thinking about. I, I would talk to uh, our local testing companies and, and uh, had some experience in uh, conducting tests for these types of projects. And uh, basically, uh, do I understand, you're not, you're just doing this on slabs, is that what you're doing? Correct. Okay. Um, and the phase one, I think, would be done for under $5,000. And that would tell us if there's uh, problems detected and then whether or not it warrants further investigation. And I caught most of that. Are, are you suggesting that a phase one be done? Yes. And, and is there someone locally or within Sac County or maybe one of the surrounding counties that you would recommend Right. And the cities use a couple of different uh, testing companies, so we would uh, ask for uh, proposals and uh, outline outline what we think needs to be done, uh, and use their input too to guide us as far as where where it could be headed, depending on what results they find. Okay. And your assumption is that they are also qualified to do an environmental study, phase one environmental study, besides just the soil testing that they've done. Right. If it if it's uh, if it's something they think is going to require further further testing, then that would be phase two, so to speak. Okay. You and, and have you talked with them numbers? I I, I assumed it was going to be at least thirty five hundred dollars. Uh, do, do they? I provide that number to you of the five thousand? No, I just said I thought it would be under five thousand dollars. Okay. It's hard for them to hear. Have, I've been there. Have you uh, um, done any of these projects anyplace else in the state of Iowa? Uh, Oculus is currently working on a project in Adel with, with us as well. So we are to projects. We, yeah, we've done projects throughout Iowa, but smaller. Uh, and closer to the Des Moines Metro, uh, Indianola, Norwalk, Newton, uh, Perry. Uh, matter of fact, Perry is probably the furthest west we've gone from Des Moines. Um, and and, and uh, as far as the foundation, on our end, the largest we've done so far is five units. Uh, so this is a little bit bigger for us. Uh, this would be, however, the smallest project that Oculus has done. And, and that's why not only expertise and financial strength, uh, but, but the experience they bring in with, with multi-family projects, uh, whether it's senior living, family, uh, assisted living, student housing, uh, they, they've done it uh, little, I mean, all, all the way down to Florida, I mean, all across the United States. They're, they're working on uh, two with us, outside of Peoria, Illinois right now, and then they're also working with us on the ADEL project, which is which is uh, almost not quite to the point of breaking ground, but further along than this one, that is a 96 unit project. Uh, and, and I can certainly share information. Uh, I better be a little careful there. I'm sure there's some information I can share on that project with you. I would have to double check the documents to see all what I can share. But yeah, if you wanted to kind of see some of the stuff they've done uh, and some of the stuff we're doing collectively, uh, I'd be more than happy to share that with you. 
And, and again, that's what really makes this so exciting when, when they're able to do projects of any size, uh, any, anywhere from one unit to, I think their, their largest project is in the 400s. Um, and, and literally they've done tens of thousands of units over their, their uh, 40 year history. It's a family owned company uh, based out of Chicago. Um, they, yeah, again, they also bring uh, a lot of confidence to, to Rodney and I and, and our crew, knowing what they've done in the past. And, and, and uh, again, it, it's a fantastic partnership with, with us being a nonprofit and them being a 40 year developer. This is Dave Jennett, the city attorney again. Does, does Oculus or some subsidiary end up with uh, ownership or title to this project when it's completed? The ownership entity would be a single asset entity that we would create, and the two owners of that entity would be the Affordable Housing Foundation and Oculus Development. So, so just like in Adel, uh, we created a, a single asset entity. It's called uh, Country Ridge Partners, and the two owners are the Affordable Housing Foundation, Oculus Development. So, so really every project we do, and that's, I, I don't know exactly why, but that's just the way underwriting wants to see it. So every project we do, we will form a new entity consisting of the two projects. And then, and then yes, we would hold on to it long term. Uh, matter, matter of fact, in, in many cases, we have to hold on to it at least 15 years. But, uh, but Oculus actually chooses to hold on to their properties forever. Thank you. You bet. Good. Any any other questions for the council? We go into a development agreement after we got the soil test. Certainly, test. yeah. You know, when we think about what our next steps are here, I think the next steps uh, do deal more with that environmental, and uh, I would intend to. To work with Dave, and we'll we'll come up with some some guidance about about this type of environmental, and make sure that that's consistent with with what Paul and Rod need, and uh, and then go ahead and proceed. Get a couple quotes on on that, and see if we can get this environmental done. Okay, so um, the environmental obviously is the first thing we're going to do. Um, the drainage and the water issue is that something that. Paul's group hires a, an engineer to do this? It would, yeah, it requires... Yeah, we, we will, we, we do have a, a, an engineer hired already, and yes, they would have to perform some sort of work uh, to assure the grading was done properly. Yep, and I, when I talked to uh, the excavator about doing the work, he quoted us prices on bringing in fill. To create it so it could go whatever direction you guys want it to go. I assume you want it to head toward the highway. Yeah, yeah, I certainly don't want to come in my way. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and we certainly don't want to lay down the middle of the So, we don't yeah. want to use one of those. Um, it seems seem like uh, that's going to add a significant expense if we have to put a lot of fill in. We're hoping that he can just grade it, move the dirt from one end to the other, and give us a nice grade to work off of. Um, sure. So, do we actually know absolutely 100% where that sewer line exactly is? Down to the 
pretty much the nitty gritty. Yeah, they they have shaking his head. No. Yeah, I think it's the green flakes, isn't it, Scott? They they've marked it with there's, some markers out there. There's big red markers close. out there now. Close as you can. Red is that what you're well, saying? Well, it's it's close. I mean, it's pretty good. We marked it fairly well. Um, I guess my biggest concern would be just the depth of the sewer line, just shifting dirt around. It's not very deep through there. Um, I think last time we measured the depth, it was only three foot in depth. To from the top. to the top of the sewer main to top of ground level. Uh, yeah, I thought it was more like two, but does it get deeper going that way, going north? Not very well. Um, it's a very flat lying sewer line. So, uh, so what you're saying is if we dig a little deeper, we're going to have a fountain? <laughs> okay. Yeah, good yeah good. and not a pleasant well, smell like one. It won't be pretty. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're it's the main trunk line that drains so, most of the time. One thing I kind of wanted to just finish up here is Paul did a good job describing each thing, but as a whole, other than item G on there, that's all feeding into our need for a certain amount of equity and getting financing with USDA. And that's they're there to give this money away, essentially, obviously with requirements. Um, so those are really the only two things that I know Paul and I are mostly concerned with is getting our financing in order, including equity, and making sure that we're not going to get kiboshed by environmental stuff. So that's perfect that you're looking at doing an environmental study. We definitely appreciate that. What do you think the time frame would be to get all these things together as far as trying to get the soil test done? I mean, to, to get and we can and certainly see what we can do about getting a, I mean, a firm on board within the next few weeks. And on that street project, we got CTI in here in about a week. So yeah. I think we need to fast track it. I do too. Sure can. Okay. So we will At some point, sure. There's a extensive development agreement. You know, I, I, if if you feel comfortable. Um, just acknowledging the proposal, um, something to the extent that this would, that you'd be, this would be the proposal that we would be working with, and that the next step in the process is an environmental. That would basically be as much action as what I would encourage the council to have tonight. I would, I would make a motion that we do so. I'd like to first make sure we run some numbers to see what you know we're talking about, you know. With inspection, cost of uh, cost of the uh, of the lot, tax credits and stuff like that. Got to put some hard numbers down together with that too. I'm not saying we shouldn't move forward, but we need to get some hard, hard numbers. But that would be part of the agreement. Yeah, right. But, um, I, I my opinion is we need to do go ahead with the environmental. I mean, we want oh, yeah. that property right. yeah, to be used, and then work yeah. on the yeah. Yeah. on right. the right. development. Yeah. Right. I'll second that. So, okay. Go call. so it's something like this: we acknowledge receipt of the proposal, uh, and we choose to work uh, with with this developer, and then proceed uh, with an environmental study. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, Tom. Yes. Thank you. Yes. More. Yes. Reese? Yes. Hold Yep. Thanks, fellas. All right, there we go. We will. Uh...
we will be working diligently on, on getting this environmental uh, work up and running here quickly. And that seems to be the next step. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, thank you very much. And, and Scott, is this, uh, you mentioned, I think, the development agreement. I'm probably jumping the gun a little bit uh, because we don't yet know what that environmental study is going to show. But uh, is there any sort of information, documentation you would need from us to help complete that that I should start working on? Boy, um, I would just say not right now. You know, I think we do want to get a, get along with this uh, environmental study quickly. Make sure that there's no big uh, hurdles that are thrown up along the way, and then we will uh, will work together then on that development agreement. Perfect. Okay. Sounds great. Okay, we're going to go on. Thank you. Great. Okay. Yes, thanks for your time, everyone. Thank, Thank you. you. Have a good night. Have a good night. The final plot for landing on these short. Bob, you surely going to tell us something. It's fine, done after three years. <laughs> good to hear. Okay. I got something to say, and I hope they are listening. <laughs> are they listening? Yeah, they're on. They're still here. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's hard for them to hear you way back there. You are going to have to take a state of Iowa. Here, Bob. Talking to them. Oh, okay. You are going to have to go to the state of Iowa and have a engineer come out to check if there's any bats. Bats? Okay. Yes. I say shoot every bat. No. no. It's got to be done by a licensed surveyor on there. Uh, every hole they dig for a test on the soil is $1,500 on there. There is a lot of expenses, which I know on there. That's why this is taking three years. I hope you can get it done a lot quicker on there. There was a lot of problems on there. Good luck, and I'm ready to get mine done. There you so go. Are we. Yeah. Yeah. So are we. Not as much as I want it done. So. Okay. okay. We have a motion on Some of the some of the color coding on there. Uh, the the orange where it says street lot A, street lot B. Okay, yep. those are our public right of ways. Then and those would be uh, in this case they're actually proposed to be transferred to the city via a deed, which is a, a little interesting. But uh, so uh, that's how that would go. Um, so are you the, over on the wetland? Is that where you're at? And uh, just the street, uh, just the orange. Oh, down down by the lake, it, I've highlighted it in yellow. The private access easement. Okay, so there there is an access easement to where each of the owners of the of the lots are given a an access easement across uh, all that public land there to the street. 
uh, to, and to the lake. So what that does is allows for, for docks to be over there on the lake. Each one of the property owners is entitled to a dock spot over there and encouraging folks to work together as much as possible on community docks. Well, who, who decides if they're community or not? Is that the DNR? They'll, the DNR will have to establish dock sites out there. So, and, and that'd be up to Mr. Terrell to work with the DNR about it, seeing the number of dock sites to be established. I actually own, don't quote me exact figure, I think it's 1,100 feet but of you, shoreline. But you would kind of encourage multi... That's what I would encourage, multi-docks right. together. Right. People can still fish, they just can't go onto the docks and fish. If a boat needs to get in that's got a problem, use the docks. Okay, so. okay. okay I'm looking at, at that again. So I'm over now on the right-hand side of the page and I've highlighted this in pink. Okay, that is, that's an access easement across the back of those lots. So it's just a private access easement for all of the owners of those four lots to the on the right side, 12A, 12B, 13A, and 13B, which those would be the first four lots to, to be developed with structures. So Bob would propose that he would build two uh, duplexes there, but there's a public, uh, private, excuse me, a private access easement along the back of that too. So how so, do they get there on the south side? How do they access the... the for right now. Yeah, just that they yeah, they come off the street and, and they Yes. Okay. Oh no, actually it, it you know it comes from the north off of what would be known as East Shore Court. The oh new I street. see. Okay. The okay. new street there, yeah. Um things highlighted in blue are public utility easements. So not only is there the right of way, there's also a uh, a ten foot utility easement on the west side of everything, there's set an additional seven-foot uh, drainage easement on the on the east side of East Shore Court. There's, I didn't highlight it, there's also a much wider sanitary sewer easement on 12A, B, and 13A and B, and that serves that area down there by the lift station. So, uh, as far as the, the public uh, dedications on that, the, these would be the things that would be proposed for public dedication, but then also the city through our development agreement has agreed that uh, the city would become the owner of that of that wetland, that marsh area, and I've highlighted that in green, um, where it's out lot X. You want to talk a little bit about that, Dave? On right. Uh, well, first of all, the the uh, wetland area hasn't been surveyed, as far as I know, right, Bob? Yes, it has. It has. That's, I mean, the engineer has got to do this, and I hope they get done a lot cheaper than what they think they are, and I hope they got a lot of money. So That's me talking. It's got to be, okay, that wetland is certified by the state of Iowa on there. It's got to be, you just can't call it a wetland. It's got to be certified. You gotta have an engineer and certification that that is a wetland. So do we know if it is or is it? Oh yeah, it is. Okay. 
because I had to get it done. So is it certified? Yep. By the state. All right. So there's going to be some meets and bounds to that, I would guess. Yes. All right. So uh, when we're accepting this plat tonight, we're not uh, being <coughs> dedicated uh, the wetland that's in Outlaw X. What I anticipate is that that's going to be a separate transaction whereby your you will uh, transfer that to the city. That's or and I'm just saying this. It depends on those 26 lots, they could put up a gazebo, and I'm just saying this, on that on that one lot, kind of. On the dry part? On the dry part, okay. yes. On there. Don't, don't know. So, but the, I guess I want the council to understand that um, right now we're not accepting that wetland as part of it's still being retained by Mr. Terrell. Right. Now, that's on the actually wetland, the cert, the certification of that wetland. That should be going to the city. I mean, basically, you can't do anything with. Right. But right now, you're not deeding that to the city, and it's not part of the dedication of the plat. By God, I, I thought it was. It isn't right. Oh, okay, well. I think I understand why it's being done that way because the city's agreed to cooperate with your uh, use of a tax credit for donating the land to the city, and that would be a separate oh, transaction. Okay, that's no problem. I mean, whenever they can do that, my engineer or my attorney, no problem. All right, that's good to hear. So that's the only question I had about it. <clears throat> the other part that I included in in your council packet is the covenants for the for the area, and we won't go through all of those covenants. But it does have uh, some some more restrictive uh, things in those covenants than than what our zoning code is. And the one thing I want to point out specifically was size of structure. size of structure? I think the minimum is 11, no, is it 1,032 square feet? And now that's living area. That's not the basement. 1,152. Okay. Mm -hmm. On there. Yeah. That's minimum. They can go over. Those first units that I'm thinking about putting in, they, uh, the square footage of that is I think it's 1352 and if my wife was talking here she'd want them bigger. Any now, that don't include the basement. This is living area. Right so the minimum is 1152 in this covenant. Right. But did this covenant I mean do we really have anything to do with this? Not necessarily. It per our per our uh, uh, subdivision code we need to adopt the if, if there's going to be covenants, they needed to be provided to us. Yeah. And really, that's it. But we don't have any ruling on no. We have no jurisdiction. No. That's me. And also, I have to approve anybody that, buy, if they want to buy two lots and put one house, no problem. But I have to approve it. Right. We would not allow them to put a house on a half a lot. 
like A or B. Right. Unless they buy both lots. Right, exactly. Yeah. So. Should you have a price on the lot? <laughs> Not yet. Don't know for sure. There's a lot of people. I think there's a lot of interest in it. There is a lot mm -hmm. of people. Um, so. Do you know when you'll know the cost? The lumber company has had my plan for about five to six weeks, and I have yet heard back. Every week, lumber changes. But what does that have to do with the sale of the lots? Because I own the lot on there. It depends on what the lumber cost is. I have got a lot of bids back, but the major expense is the lumber to get that house built, to get the unit built. I know, and but I'm talking about the lots you're going to sell. I've got to sit down and break everything down. Got it. On there. And I have a lot of people. They are getting upset because I will not give them the cost. Yeah. Sure. Right. You have to figure out what you got into it. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to have into it. On there. So just as we think about, about work yet to be done out there at the uh, physical work yet to be done, Part of it, it still deals with uh, power. And we, we've got to get power out there. The the lines are in. We just got to uh, get those terminated. And for the south end, for those four lots. Yeah. Got to terminate them. We've got to lower that sectionalizer yet. And we're going to work with Corn Belt Telephone on that together because their stuff's right next to ours. Mm -hmm. and they'd like to work together on it when we lower that. So when are you thinking you'll have that done? I got the guys trying to work on the fish bear stuff and I'm hoping to move over there. Like I've been trying to get there for two weeks already. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean With all the other stuff coming up and just that's fine. I'm trying to handle the small stuff I try to keep them putting elbows on and stuff to get this big cable terminated. So I just wanted some idea. So what, what's your thought, Bob, about uh, the installation of the street? I'm working on that right now. <laughs> okay. The reason why. Somebody wants to buy my whole farm, and I got to be at my accountant's tomorrow. Mm -hmm. That's in agony. On there. Uh, it's a lot of money, and I am not going to pay the federal government that much money. That's where I have checked with the concrete guy. I have told him to get ready. I had to check with concrete today up here at Tiefenthaler, and I got a price. And the engineer's got to give it to my concrete guy to come up and pay. He has paid for me for 20 years, and he will come up here. He's busy, and he's going to be working me in, so that's where that's at. 
Personally, I'd like to say within the next two months he should have paid. But I'm just saying that. So you're putting in all the streets at once, right? I mean, the whole it's just street. that you know, it's just the U-shaped street. That's yeah. the only mm -hmm. thing to go in. Mm -hmm. And then you have that. Also, the access to the back. Okay. And the and he's also going to do that access okay. back to the back. Okay. And uh, okay, we have a resolution twenty one twenty three. We have a motion to approve. So we'll second. Second. Roll Holtman, just motor. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Tom. Yes. Reese. Yes. Okay, resolution 2124, we need to hire another housing gal. Yeah, just one other thing, just one thing on that though, that they still need to work with your attorney about getting those easements changed properly so they're in, a, in the recordable format. I know. And yeah. I think that's it then, right? Yeah. It yeah. makes a difference from putting power in. Having the easements. Yeah. They're proper. They just. They, they are. What it was, he, he forgot this A and B or whatever. There's yeah, something. It's and referred to a, one of the B bots instead of. Yeah. It just referred to an A. So we need to just get that squared away. But actually, it. Uh, I signed it and put my initial and put that A and B or whatever it is yep. on that. And he has to get that done to make it, I mean, it is now legal. Even, I think Scott, did you sign that too? No. Oh, no, okay. I, I, mean, I did. But I did. Yeah, we just need something that can be recorded. Yes. And and I will, I'll take care of everything from then on. Okay. Because I know Larry was in the hospital. His wife came home and found him laying on the floor. Oh, yeah. And called 911, and he was in the hospital all of last week. All right. We have a motion on 2124 to approve Evie. Evie Hauser. I'll second it. Roll call. Thank you. Yes. Priest. Yes. Motor. Yes. Tom. Yes. Holman. Yes. Can we go some CDBG housing grant? Yeah, this would be. Plus. This is. Uh, Payment number eight. Uh, we're requesting that from the from the state of Iowa and turn around and paying that to to Region Twelve. Saw in your in your memo the update about where they were on all those projects. Top of page four. Uh, first three projects are complete. The Johnson project, the contracts are signed with work to start here late this summer, and the last project is in environmental review. So that would be the. Uh, that would be the, the last two projects in the, the grant program. Eight thousand. Eight thousand. No, excuse me. Three thousand two hundred fifty-nine dollars. Mm -hmm. Need a motion to approve the request. So Sorry. Roll call. Moller. Yes. Holtman. Yeah. Reese. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Tom. Yes. We need a motion to approve the payment. So moved. I'll second. Roll call. Moeller. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Tom. Yes. Holton. Reese. Yes. City Administrator Report. Yeah, just uh, a quick note about this uh, KTAV Lakeview Cam that there's a, a, a business meeting, business owners meeting, and this is 
Wednesday night, 6 o'clock here at uh, City Hall. I'd encourage anybody to, uh, to turn out and kind of talk about options in regards to that KTIB uh, cam. Uh, also just interested in, you know, in the city's, uh, you know, ultimately how much would, would the city look to participate financially in the camp? Yeah, got, six or eight businesses are, gonna, are interested in it. How much was it a month again? $1,400? According to their pie chart, they, what, they get 25, 50,000 households a day that watch the news. We run into people all the time going to know we're here. It's, they don't offer this to every town. Well, I, you know, I think it's important you do it. Right. I, I think we should do it too, and I'm I'm committed to, but I would hate to sit here and say a dollar amount when we don't know what we have for sure. sponsors. Yeah. But I would think that we would participate. So I don't know what everybody else thinks. So that's 6 p.m. tomorrow? 6 p.m. Wednesday. 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 Oh, this is yeah. That's why we're here. It's still on the last was last Thursday or Friday, the engineer was here. She was from the courts a gal was out of college looked at me like she was twelve. <laughs> she was she had never heard of Lakeview, Iowa or Black Hawk Lake in her entire life. Uh, twenty thousand, yeah. 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 Twenty thousand yeah. five hundred. Yeah. Okay. And um, then we're gonna put the camera if we do it on the east side of the campground office, there's a light pole right by the playground equipment there. That way they can uh, they can shoot at the, the campground and they can shoot Arctic Open and they can go to the bay. They can get the concerts. That's their and there's a transformer there if they need power. That's the better part for me. <laughs> oh, um, do we? Do, I, I know you guys are super busy, so. Do we need to go check the, the bump outs for power? I mean, yeah, they probably, do. they probably need to be checked. We know they'll have to put the tape over the photo cell. Mm -hmm. They don't stay on all the time. You have to cover up the photo cell to make it stay on. So, how do we? It's, it's just just a, put a tape over it? Or what? Just a 10 minute deal, really, and then go check all the outlets to make sure they're working. I didn't design it that way, so right. I would have never designed it that way, but that's how it is. Um. No, I so well, we hope everybody shows up Wednesday night. Several of you had heard about this at the Sac County League meeting about new opportunity from the Economic Development Administration about some funding which would become available for tourism uses. And just wanting to, I guess, make sure that we're uh, well aware of this and, and really got our ducks in a row about being able to have good projects available when it, when it rolls out. Um, the timing of that, I'm not exactly sure what the timing would be. And we haven't received any additional guidance from what you guys heard last week. Well, it seems to me like we kind of wanted to be proactive, didn't we? I mean, wasn't that what he was encouraging? 
You're talking about what Rick Hunziker was talking about, those yeah, funds, right? right? Yeah, okay. yep. Yep. Um, when I talked to him about the water line infrastructure deal, he asked if we had a, uh, what we had gotten so far is that we're having an engineer look at it. He thought that puts us ahead of everybody else. Anything we could do to get ahead of the game would be a good thing, I think, for funding. And I think if there's something that can be done with the community center to get any more grants, I mean, why would we not do that? So I guess my question is, what do we need to be doing? What, you know, what we're utilizing for grants right now as cost estimates is largely that University of Iowa study. And, and then some additional cost estimates that we've had just by working with local uh, local contractors. If you know, when you get down to it, then you really got to look at at getting to a point where you can finalize the plan design, which so, I think takes takes a little bit more committee work yet, as as far as you know, finalizing plan design and knowing knowing you want you want lights in these locations, and then we we'd work with uh, um, some professionals to to get it to a point. And uh, if we can look at doing something similar to what we did with the library, it was a cost-effective way to to do that. Um, that we, in that case, you know, Wallach Lumber helped us out a lot on, on building design, and we utilized their uh, their engineer then to help sign off on the structural part of things. And then we had a uh, a mechanical and an electrical engineer then that assisted. And we may have another local contact person on mechanical and electrical. Your neighbor's still on. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. Wake up, Dave. It's Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I'm saying, so what should we be doing? Should we be moving forward with that? Should the committee be doing something? I think there's still some committee work yet yet to do, but yeah, we keep, keep plugging away, come up to some consensus on that and, and talk with these folks about, about getting some more defined plans in place. Do we have a meeting scheduled? Yeah, first of June. I think it might be the first of June. Would that engineer cost us for the library? $12,000? For the mechanical and electrical, it's $12,000. I think it was 3000 for the structural guy. Well, anyway, anyway, we'll keep plugging away on that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, a couple other things on our Camp Crescent project. The the project uh, is is largely done, and we got good water pressure all over the campground. So, so that's great. And then the cabins, um, you see, the cabins got moved over onto their onto their pads, and the electrical is roughed in. We did have uh, Ryland Electric come in and, and do that. And then uh, I don't know if they got if they got spray foam today or not. They were. They were going to be uh, spray foamed here shortly. Talked with Eric about finishing off the inside, and he's still on board for doing that. He said, "Boy, they he just did not think they'd be done before Memorial Day. <clears throat> just you know, other uh, other workload, and I know they're plenty busy." So, is um, like where Brandon had the kids helping with your project over there. Is there anything they could do with those cabins? Probably not. No, now. Next year's class. <laughs> or do we have to have Meredith finish the inside? 
I tell you what, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not against uh, getting a contractor. You get a lot of lines for the short rent them. What's going to be in the inside? Shiplap. No, I know, but there ain't no like kitchens or nothing. There's a, there'll be a, a service counter that has a, a microwave and a, I think a bigger dorm size refrigerator. For what, I got to just say, for what they cost, I don't think they're the best looking things I've ever seen. Okay. <laughs> just to be honest about it. <laughs> well, I'm not super on board with the co our final color selection, but they... Yeah. But the committee put the colors up. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Well, I'm afraid that's probably part of that. Another thing I'm... If, if we end up having a contract to finish those out on the inside, does it cause anybody any concern? Well, and, you know, one other time I talked about this camera that ought to be up here in the middle and so people can hear and, mm -hmm. and that's something I think we ought to look into. You know, so everybody in this area can see, you know, everybody instead of, you know, I do. It's the, yes. It's I'm pretty, sure it's going to be rudimentary. Huh? Our setup is pretty basic. Well, but it, it it don't really show, you know, the people that are here and speaking, and you know, if we're gonna as much as meetings as you have here, well, I think it'd be something to look into. We should, yeah, we sure can. Well, I think we should. Um, wrote this thing down and called it ARPA, but what that is, what ARPA is, is. American Recovery Program. This is that inf an information sheet on the coronavirus money. Okay, so if you look at the, the front with the picture, I'm not really going to look at that so much as to look at the back. Because that tells you what the examples of allowable uses of funds are. And just a, a couple of them to, to point out. On the left side, one, two, three down, water and sewer infrastructure is very much an allowable uh, use. Okay, on the upper right hand side, uh, things to address negative economic impacts. And uh, third bullet down, speed the recovery of impacted industry where it talks about tourism and travel and hospitality. Okay, just know that the, the use of this is, is limited. And it's limited to these uses that are on that sheet. And you know, take a look at it and see which ones kind of pique your your interest about how we might utilize this. Or the amount of this would be about one hundred fifty thousand dollars. But uh, you mean that's the potential for what we could get? Is that what you're that's saying? What, that's what we will. That was the initial estimate, one hundred fifty thousand dollars. That we would get. Yeah. Do we have to apply? There's a little bit of a process that you went through, but but it's an entitlement so long as we follow through and, and uh, apply so, for the money, it'll be there. So what you want us to do is... is we need to develop a plan with for how we would spend that money. So like with water and sewer, that wouldn't even, what, do a half a block? It could, it sure, no. Uh, it just helps to address the, the funding of a project if you wanted to <clears throat> contribute that to uh, uh, to one of our water projects. That, that'd be... Uh, Unallowable use. I think you would want to go to the one to the west. Would you? So, um, again, about one hundred fifty thousand dollars. We would get half of that in the in the near future, within weeks, and then half of it comes in another year. 
So can you use that 150000 on one project? Does it have to be a percentage of the project or what? You could use it on one project. It's, it's just that the, the uses of these funds are pretty much what's on this page. So it's somewhat limited. But if you could, you could figure out how we would replace revenue loss, you could do that. There, there's some different ways to, to utilize the funds. But, but for us, the ones that, that were most apparent was, would be water and sewer mm -hmm. or things about uh, tourism industry. Just FYI for you, but know that that's gonna that's gonna roll around here uh, more within the next couple of weeks. Uh, there there is a public hearing. There's a meeting tomorrow night, and this this is that the meeting about that radio system. It's public public hearing on that. Anything special about that public hearing, Jim? What's going on? Nope. Just seven o'clock. We want to hear the pros and the cons. If anybody's got any questions or concerns, we'd like to hear. It. Have you gotten much feedback from Jim? Dude? I've heard nothing negative against it yet. So where's that at? The Catholic school, little Catholic school gymnasium. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll plan to go, and I sure would like for for some folks to come along with. If if anybody's interested in coming along, I'll be there. what then is that? Yeah. Um, see seven o'clock. You you going tomorrow then, Chief? Either. I need to miss out another evening. Good. Do they have donuts? No. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Um, the the chief went to uh, to the graduation of Colin from a, from Academy last Friday. So Colin is graduated and is actually working tonight as a certified police officer. Um, Brandon, I don't know if John said anything to you, but during the summer, especially, the, the park needs to be looked at. Um, about the streets? It's usually weekend nights. It's already started. Right? Hmm? The streets have already started, the people tearing up and down the streets, and bad already. Well, it's just, you know, because they're, if they're over on the basketball court, it's not a big deal, but when they're over on the playground equipment, you know, and just tearing it up. Well, they could be, you know, you don't know, and you can't really, you can hear them, you can't really see them, it's dark over there. Um, one of the, I guess last thing here, that uh, it is sixth grade community service day, and this is happening on Friday. So we are going to have a bunch of uh, of sixth graders coming here in the morning. We're figuring from 10:30 until noon. There's 67 sixth graders who will be coming here. We'll be working down in the campground. They won't let us go around town to paint fire eyes. <laughs> I need to be limited. Yeah. <laughs> so we got several things lined up in the in the campground for for these folks to, to help us out with for a little bit on Friday. That's it. No, that's not it. Just know that this is just FYI, and Mayor and Brandon are here to discuss if you would like to have any. Just the beginning.
and that is it. So moved. Second? Yeah. Meeting adjourned.